From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, yes, Mr. Rob Roop, thank you very much. Hey, it's me, it's Mike, it's Mike Davidson lives. Thanks for uh, hanging out with me this go-round, uh, doing the thing extra quiet, a little later than usual. Kind of had a scare. I didn't, I didn't know um, if I was going to be able to do this podcast this evening, recording this late Wednesday night. Uh, had a little bit of a scare earlier today. Uh, wife calls me while I'm at work. She says she's taking her son Logan to the ER because, yeah, he's been sick last couple of days. And uh, she, uh, you know, she checked the signs and she felt that the boy was dehydrated. So they're going to go and get his fluids up at the ER. And, of course, uh, she tells me to stay at work. And you, you know how easy that is when you know your kid's not doing too well and uh, you got to concentrate on the job at hand, right? Uh, but uh, they said he was uh, he wasn't having any trouble taking in fluids. Uh, they didn't have to do anything intravenously, which is good. And uh, he has discovered he likes orange sherbet. So he's got he's got his frozen treats. He's ready to go and uh, take it easy next couple of days. But the thing is, um, if you or I, as adults, uh, had to go to the ER or urgent care. We'd be a little more ginger about things, right? We would be, uh, you know, a little cautious, uh, depending on how we felt, if we were sick, if we had an injury. I get home this evening, and Logan is sitting in his high chair, banging his head, laughing. He's banging his head against the high chair. And I, I can't worry about that, because I'm thinking to myself, well, God, if he, if he does that, I mean, later on in life, he's going to have to rely on a football scholarship to go to school, right? But no, he, he's doing fine. He's, he's doing well. He's just a fun, obnoxious, uh, lovable one-year-old boy and uh, eating all sorts of frozen desserts now. Uh, his older sisters are very excited because uh, this week is Halloween week. And uh, I think was it yesterday? They went to a trunk or treat uh, at Lana's school, both her and Hazel. And they're going to go to one with me at a church, I think, Saturday and what, what's the other one? Uh, oh, yeah, Halloween, Monday. Uh, so they're going to get their fill of candy. Um, I asked Lana what her favorite piece of candy was at this trunk or treat, and she said all of it. Which, you know, because kids love sugar, apparently. And I was asking Mole, what, what, or Ginny, I call her Mole, but um, I, I was asking my wife, uh, so why, what was the best piece of candy at this thing? And she goes, there's all the cheap candy. It wasn't anything good. And I was listing all these candies. Did they hand out Hershey's? No. Did they hand out Reese Cups? No. Did they hand out Kit Kats? Ew, no. What do you mean, ew? And she goes, I don't like Kit Kats. She made it sound disgusting. I mean, I, I get it if Kit Kat's not your jam, but, I mean, is it really disgusting? It's got chocolate, for crying out loud. There's some people with some really hang weird hangups when it comes to uh, candy bars. I really don't have that myself, and that might be why I have trouble fitting into my pants on occasion. Um, but yeah, the the kids, the girls are excited for uh, Halloween, and then after that, I'm gonna try to get them excited for Thanksgiving. But their eyes are gonna be all over Christmas, so I'm looking forward to the end of this football season. Uh, Colts sitting at three three and one, uh, disastrous game. Uh, this past Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. I mean, their defense showed up. The offense did not. And uh, it was announced earlier this week that Matt Ryan 
will not start for the remainder of the season. He's got some injury issues, so he won't be starting against Washington. Uh, Sam Ellinger will. Uh, kind of an untested um, unknown here. Uh, but, you know, I kind of feel bad for Matt Ryan. It's obvious that uh, he ain't the player he once was. But, you know, you come into Indy, you know, expecting to do a job and just things aren't going right for you. Leading the league in interceptions, lost fumbles, not not good stuff. Kind of a wasted opportunity here uh, with somebody who will one day end up in Canton. I don't know if he's going to be a, a first ballot pro football Hall of Fame guy, but he's definitely going to go in. Uh, so long as nobody mentions his tenure here in Indy. I mean, he's he's been an NFL MVP. He's gone to a Super Bowl, uh, even if it was that uh, infamous blown lead against the Patriots. Uh, he's been to no- multiple Pro Bowls. He's got numerous stats that back up that he's a good, great quarterback. He just hasn't been great here. And it, it's kind of funny to watch all this unfold because uh, ever since Andrew Luck, they've been doing the, the, um, the duct tape band-aid bubblegum bubble thing when it comes to the quarterback position they they never really went all in on another franchise quarterback and that's what you need to succeed in this league because you know quarterback is the engine to your team and they keep changing out the engine year in year out and i think it's just kind of finally blown up in their faces so we'll see what sam ellinger is going to be doing against washington this uh, this sunday a game i may or may not be at to be continued uh, oh, uh, speaking of football, and uh, again, kind of beating uh, a dead horse to death here uh, when it comes to rock being played at any NFL game, uh, the halftime entertainment for this year's Thanksgiving game in Dallas has been announced, and does it get any more hardcore than Jonas Brothers? <laughs> That's right, people. They're they're going to go with Jonas Brothers over any any rock band because uh, they they what what you like to listen to isn't as important as uh, uh, females. So I mean, you know, girls that uh, are in the whole pop thing because that that's where the money is. You know, a lot of people look at rock as kind of an old genre or you know Satan worshiping genre or whatever the hell is genre. Uh, but they've moved on since. Uh, but you and I damn well know that the Jonas Brothers, no matter how uh, how well they do coming up Thanksgiving Day in Dallas, they are never going to top the greatest Thanksgiving halftime show ever, which was Creed back in 2001 with that weird bald flying dude and, you know, Scott Stapp just going, rawr, 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 you know, just doing his thing, you know, interrupting Jerry Jones right before the... Uh, uh, the end of his presentation with the Salvation Army. <laughs> You're never going to top that. But, you know, again, Jonas Brothers getting the halftime show is not surprising considering Ozzy only got seven, eight seconds for the NFL kickoff thing. All right. Uh, so, some serious stuff here with uh, Kanye West. Uh, as you know, everybody's avoiding him like the plague because he can't stop saying things. Um,. And I guess the, the latest dumb thing he's done was talking about how you you can't call me anti-Semitic because black people are the real Jews. And he goes on and on about this stuff. And everybody's kind of, you know, distancing themselves from him, thinking, oh, how can he be this crazy? 
uh, you know, Adidas has dropped him. A few other companies have dropped him. I think earlier today he tried uh, walking into Skechers headquarters uh, for whatever reason, and he was escorted out. I think he was trying to strike up a deal. Uh, you, you might want to wait for things to quiet down here in the next five years, Kanye. Um, but watching all this unfold and people's reactions just like, well, I never, I can't believe he's saying all this crap. I, it, how does this, how does this at all surprise people? He's always been a shoot from the hip kind of guy. I mean, this is the dude uh, who was uh, pissing off the other side of the aisle years back when, uh, during the Hurricane Katrina fundraiser stuff, he said, uh, George W. Bush does not care about black people. And, you know, he's interrupted people's award shows. Like, you know, he interrupted Taylor Swift. He threw a fit when Beck won a Grammy. Uh, you know, he has said all sorts of outrageous things, and now he's doing this. Uh, he's been all over the map philosophically. Um, and it, this goes back to what I was talking about a few episodes ago when uh, he had that comment about how he doesn't like reading, and to him it's like Brussels sprouts. And he said this as, uh, you know, he was discussing how uh, this charity he's launched is uh, funding a uh, school. And, you know, which, okay, that's a good thing Kanye's doing, as opposed to everything else he's doing right now. But my, my whole take, my whole take on this was that reading is only like Brussels sprouts when you're in school and you're assigned a book. And, and if anybody has ever been assigned a, a book, by Ernest Hemingway, like, uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls. You you know who I'm... Or, no, not For Whom the Bell Tolls. Uh, Farewell to Arms. That's the one I read that I hated. Uh, you know, that is like eating Brussels sprouts with a side of cottage cheese. It's disgusting. Uh, but when you get older and you get to choose the books you want to read, it's great. Um, you know, I made mention that... Uh, uh, I just got done re reading The Shining because it's the month of October. A very intense, scary book. And you know, I got uh, lined up here next week when I get to it. Uh, the Dave Grohl memoir that my wife got us uh, got me for my anniversary. Um, you know, I, it allows you kind of to divulge into a different atmosphere. You, you know, it could be fiction. It could be nonfiction. It could be political. It could be not political. It could be anything. But when you read, it allows you to kind of question things and absorb things and think things through. And it doesn't matter what the book is, you're, you're thinking about it, whether it's good or bad. So I bring this up because Kanye is all over the place. Uh, he's, not, he's not a studious type of person, so here's my advice to him or his handlers if uh, they should happen to stumble upon this podcast. Uh, what you need to do, Kanye, is go away for a couple of years. You got the money. I mean, I know you lost some net worth with uh, with these uh, business deals falling through. But what you need to do is just kind of calm down, step aside for a little bit, maybe go away for a few years, you know, seclude yourself, and just read. And it, you can choose whatever the hell you want to read. But make sure it's a book, and read like a book a month. And then come back and, and breathe. And tell people what's on your mind. You're all over the place, man. And it's just, it's it's kind of crazy. It's a little strange. Um, can't really get behind the uh, the Jew comments here, because the, those are kind of dumb. 
and uh, you know people are going to have a reaction to you no matter what um, there's you, there is something though I saw like one of these think pieces uh, is it time to ban Kanye's music and they brought up this is kind of an apples and oranges thing uh, they're talking about how Spotify disappointed a lot of people when they opted uh, not to drop R. Kelly from their streaming services because as you know Kanye or not Kanye uh, R. Kelly is a disgusting human being on every friggin level man um, but uh, they didn't drop him what they did was they pulled him away from popular playlist mixes that uh, they would put on and kind of um, swept him away in terms of uh, promoting his music people could still go find his music on Spotify it's still there Critics were upset about that, and they were like, well, maybe it's time for something like Kanye, e even though they pointed out in this thing piece I saw uh, that Kanye West hasn't actually committed a crime. Well, there, there's your answer. You don't just pull his music off if he hasn't committed a crime. Now, Spotify might find that differently. It's their company, and it could piss off some uh, Yee fans, if you will. Whatever. Um, but, I mean, you know, Kanye West has been pretty popular up until this point well god he, once upon a time he was known for music and there are some things that he has done that are catchy as hell uh but it brings me to thinking about you know musicians that have had unpopular viewpoints that have songs that have stood the test of time one guy i want to bring up here is ted nugent i don't know if you noticed this or not he's not a, he's not a hippie uh he, he means a little bit right and he said some things uh, that rub people the wrong way. Uh, but it used to be, back in the day, he was a big part of pop culture. It's just that people kind of uh, shied away from him, and they don't make mention of him. If you watched Wayne's World, uh, Wayne was listening uh, off to his girlfriend in the movie a couple of the live albums that Ted Nugent did. And this was before Ted Nugent got uh, blatantly political. You know, this is back in the early 90s. Uh, just listing this stuff, Stranglehold, anybody that's ever listened to a classic rock station has heard that friggin' song. It goes on for eight minutes. It's, uh, it's a classic. You may hate Ted Nugent's guts, but it's a big friggin' song. Uh, going back, uh, to my bear days here, uh, there was a band out of Detroit, uh, I don't think they ever really broke big but the citizen zero they played one of our christmas shows i think and i uh, i remember uh watching them play at uh piers i think it was piers at the time uh stranglehold and i thought they really rocked it out and um i i actually had a chance to talk to them again uh when they came through town and you know i interviewed them and um I think the front man was talking about, yeah, we uh, we did that song on a stage year, uh, earlier in the year, and some people had a problem with us doing Stranglehold. So they got bands in the back. Even though the audience loved it, I think he's saying, like, Living Color, those guys were not too fond of him jamming out a Ted Nugent song. But it's, uh, it's kind of like uh, up to you, I would think. When it comes to how much you can tolerate from, um, you know, a particular artist or whatever in terms of pop culture, uh, and and that's what the case with Kanye West here. 
I just don't think. Um, oh shit! I don't. I just. I just don't think it should be up to somebody else to be the arbiter of your musical taste. If you don't like Kanye and what he's saying, you don't listen to him. If you do like his songs but still think he's an idiot, well, I mean, you can still listen to his songs, but you know, just mutter moron under your breath. I guess that's how you would handle that sort of situation. He, uh, he's been banned from some social media platforms, and I don't think he's been banned from Twitter yet, or he's been restricted. Uh, but who knows what Friday will bring, because Elon Musk uh, is looking to close the deal uh, in this bizarre saga coming up Friday. And uh, he's now head twit, according to his Twitter profile. <laughs> Once this closes, he becomes the guy running Twitter, and I guess he posted a viral video of him walking through the Twitter lobby, um, carrying a sink, going, let this sink in. And I'm sure that really rubbed a lot of people the wrong way on Twitter. Um, should be fun. Uh, the, the employees of Twitter, I mean, there's, there's rumor that he could be cutting uh, quite a few people. Uh, when this acquisition clears, but uh, they've banded together and they've made a list of demands uh, that they want um, Elon Musk to follow when it comes to them. And I'm just thinking, didn't they have this issue at, uh, I think I think his space division, where some people made a list of demands and he ended up firing them. So let's see how this plays out coming up after Friday. Alright, uh, I, I don't know how long I want to really delve into this one because I don't live in the state of Pennsylvania and primarily not much of a political podcast here but this whole John Fetterman thing um, I guess Tuesday uh, him and Dr. Oz had their first final only debate uh, for senator in the state of Pennsylvania and um, I'm not really going to criticize either candidate on policy I'm just going to criticize this whole thing with John Fetterman because earlier in the year he had a stroke and it, it's apparent that they have been really, really trying to mask the fact that he has had a stroke and any complications that have arose from this or arisen from it. Uh, you know, he's been avoiding making massive speeches. He's been avoiding, I mean, up until this point, uh, any debate until Tuesday night. Uh, but when he was up on stage, you can tell you could tell this dude has not recovered. And it's not to say that this dude will never recover. It's just eh, maybe take two or three years off the whole political thing and uh, you know revisit it. And if you can make a speech, yeah, consider it. Do it again. Uh, but this is the rub here. And um, it's... what well, There's a book... Uh, you, the, Rob Roop, who uh, does the intros for my show, the intro and outro, uh, he, there was a book he uh, he uh, told me about, and I'm drawing a blank on it right now, uh, but uh, it was basically kind of the making of a president in the television era with Richard Nixon and just marketing. So what I'm getting at here is when what you see up on stage isn't necessarily just John Fetterman the man, it's John Fetterman, the brand, and he's kind of a well-known quantity in Pennsylvania. So you might be thinking, well, Jesus, why would they have somebody who just had a stroke run for the Senate? It, that There's your answer. It's just him. If you could put him in front of the camera, uh, walk around, make uh, little comments, nothing too longer, n nothing much longer than two sentences, 
that's how you do it. And it was kind of um, revealed to a lot of people that he has not recovered from the stroke. Common sense would have said, okay, have his wife run instead, have somebody else uh, in the hopper run instead, you know, get him out early, you know, because this happened, I think, back in February or March. Get him out, you know, and of course, knowing Hollywood, they're going to pump a bunch of money into a bunch of uh, elections that they shouldn't have any business in because they don't live in those areas. But, you know, do it that way. But they didn't. And now this is possibly a problem for the Democrats because, you know, they're, they're about two weeks out. There's a chance that he could win. There's a chance he could lose. But you got somebody that um, probably has no business being in office. Thankfully, though, that's the only person that's incoherent that's in office right now. <clears throat> so, but, uh, yeah, I just... It, it kind of sucks seeing this, but at the same time, you know that Fetterman knows well enough that uh, he's not well, but still wants the Senate seat. And it's just this thing like uh, maybe he'll be okay if he get wins and you know gets sworn in coming up in January. I don't know. It's uh, some, one of those things you kind of have to eyeball here. Okay, speaking of eyeball, uh, I think it was this Lubbock, Texas. Because we're coming up on Halloween and because uh, Jeffrey Dahmer is so damn popular right now. And it's a weird thing to say. Uh, you know, basically, I've said this before. Dude is the gay community boogeyman. And just a horrible person in his own right, right? It just, he did some bad things. But because of that Netflix show, everybody's talking about him. And that uh, you might see a costume or two. Of, uh, of his floating around at a Halloween party coming up this weekend. Uh, but uh, Before I get too far off topic, I'm going to get far off topic and talk about how I think uh, eBay and some other social sites, some other purchasing sites, have banned the sale of um, Jeffrey Dahmer costumes. Good Lord, man. I, I, I guess the one thing I guess I, I, I'm grateful for is I haven't seen a sexy Dahmer costume yet. Knock on wood, that doesn't happen. Uh, then again, Craigslist has not really made mention one way or another if they're banning a Dahmer costume. Knowing Craigslist, though, it it's anything good on that freaking site. But anyway, getting back to uh, Lubbock, Texas, uh, there's a, a pizzeria out there that has a Dahmer special type of thing where you can order yourself up a pizza with fake fingers, fake eyeballs, uh, ramen noodles, uh, basically as intestines. And lo and behold, it's pissed off some people. Not just because there's ramen on the pizza. That in itself is disgusting. Um, but, yeah, they, they decided to go with uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer motif for this thing instead of like, okay, order a zombie pizza. Oh, this looks disgusting. See, they called it zombie pizza and not changed anything else about this pizza. Nobody would bat an eye. Uh, even though you're basically faking the fact that you're eating faux body parts. Call it a Dahmer pizza, then it's a problem. You're glorifying uh, the serial killer. And don't get me wrong, I don't want to glorify the serial killer here. Um, but it does bring up an interesting point in that Oliver Stone, I hate saying this, Oliver Stone was right with Natural Born Killers. Um that movie with uh, Juliette Lewis and Woody Harrelson and how our culture glorifies serial, serial killers, mass murderers, because it's it's decades later and we're pissed off about a pizza 
named after a serial serial killer that was killed about 25 years back. And everybody's talking about this thing. I do have it linked up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page if you want to take a gander at it. Um, but it's it's something else, man. I don't think I'd patronize that pizza place. I don't think I would uh, call for it to lose its lease or anything. You, you vote with your, uh, your wallet, basically, on this sort of thing. So there's that. Um, and you might vote with your wallet if you're pissed off at Bruce Dickinson, uh, frontman for Iron Maiden. And I don't know too many people that are pissed at him uh, because, you know, he's beaten cancer, he's a pilot, and, you know, he's fronted a metal band for a long-ass time, and it looks like he's going to be doing that for a while. But if you're uh, if you're into the Mary Jane, do not bring that with you to one of his shows, okay? Because I uh, the viral video, I got this on uh, the Mike Davidson Facebook page. Uh, he stops his show to admonish somebody for lighting up a joint, saying, hey, man, I don't like the smell of pot. Uh, some of the guys in the band don't, you know, stop doing that. Do not smoke at my shows. And I'm just thinking, whoa, Bruce, where, where have you been, baby? I mean, it's uh, it's a rock concert. I mean, it, this, this sort of thing happens all the time at pot or pot conventions <laughs> at uh, concerts. What was I thinking? This is why I don't run for the Senate, everybody. Um, but, you know, it's, it's two things here. I got... I, for one, I kind of get where Bruce Dickinson's coming from because, you know, he's up there. He wants to perform. He doesn't want to be, um, he doesn't want to be distracted, okay? And if he thinks it's a problem for with a performance, that's one thing. Then again, it's a rock show. And I don't think I've gone to a rock show where I haven't smelled pot. Then again, I don't think I've ever been as close to the stage as uh, this, this pothead was. Um, I, I don't know. I... If you're going to go to an Iron Maiden show and you want to be high, I guess do it out in the parking lot or sneak into the bathroom, uh, you know, between the opening act and Iron Maiden, just just so you can enjoy the show and Bruce Dickinson can be a little less cranky on stage. And, and that's kind of the sad thing, though, with uh, some of these aging rock stars. I mean, you've seen it with um, Pat Benatar, you know, well, waving her finger about uh, hit me with your best shot and how she can't play that because of the mass shootings. David Crosby having a sad about, you know, Joe Rogan being on Spotify. On a long enough timeline, rebellious rock stars basically become your parents. You know, they just, they, they get cranky and they, they, they gripe about things and it's it's kind of amusing when you think about it. Uh, hey, uh, speaking of gripe, uh, just a couple things here. Uh, Matthew Perry's griping, and he's walking back a comment, and it's just kind of a dumb comment. Um, he's got a new memoir coming out. Uh, you know, he's, he was on Friends and uh, Drugs for the better part of his career. Uh, friends made him money. Drugs cost him money. I guess uh, in this memoir he was talking about not, uh, how he spent like $9 million, $9 million dollars to finally get sober, and uh, how he was near death one point uh, in the hospital. He was on a colostomy bag. Just just all sorts of crazy things were happening to him physically, and, and he discusses it in this memoir. And I, I want to say good on him for pulling through, and hopefully, knock on wood, getting his act together. But he's kind of a dick. Um, and I say this... Because apparently he's got this thing against Keanu Reeves that he has since walked back. But these comments are in his book. And I guess he was talking about how 
you know, people like uh, who who are intelligent, like uh, River Phoenix. Um, he, he, I mean, I don't know how s smart River Phoenix was. He unfortunately died of drugs. You know how how uh, you know he considered him a thinking actor, River Phoenix and Heath Ledger, and how talented uh, Chris Farley was, and they all died very young. And he goes, and yet. Keanu Reeves still walks among us. And he says it like twice in this book. And of all the celebrities, of all the actors in Hollywood, Keanu Reeves seems like the less a-hole-ish, if you ask me. I mean, I've never heard anybody say a bad thing about this dude. Not once. I mean, you, you hear all sorts of crazy... I mean, you know, I guess the one actor right now everybody wants to hate on is Bill Murray. Uh, because, well, he, he does kind of rep as a dick, but... You, you don't hear that about Keanu Reeves, so I don't know where the hell this thing is coming from. And of course, people are on social media dogging Matthew Perry, and he's, you know, this is in his book. And he has since walked back and he goes, Well, you know, I have nothing but respect for uh, Keanu Reeves. I like him. Well, why make the friggin' joke without any context? I mean, and yet Keanu Reeves walks among us. I mean, the. Here's the other thing, too, is like, you know, books have editors. Didn't the editor ask at one point with Matthew Perry, so uh, what's what's this beef you have with Keanu Reeves? Because, you know, Keanu's still pretty popular. And I, I, I have to think, as controversial as this statement is, it's not going to motivate people to buy your friggin' book. Of course, much like everybody has podcasts, hello, uh, everybody now has a memoir. No, I'm I'm not writing a memoir. Okay, so let's uh, let's wrap this up. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do a haunt spot next next episode because it'll be the night before Halloween, then Halloween, and then you know we're getting into turkey season. But I definitely wanted to talk about this place, um, and it's it's one of those things that would be a great setting for a horror movie, and it's right here in good old Fort Wayne, Indiana, U.S. of A. And it is. Um, uh, it is called Devil's Hollow for the Uninitiated. And it's, uh, it's a place where there's like a chimney. That's all that remains of it. And I guess it's in a kind of a subdivision type of area. But the story goes, a witch lived in a house on top of a hill. People believed this woman to be a witch. And they burned the house down to the ground. All that remains is the chimney, like I mentioned. Legend claims that the witch uh, perished in the fire. But she's still there over the years. Police have gone to the site many times. And uh, there have been people using uh, the place for rituals and sacrifices. And they say at times the witch appears and chases people away from trespassing. Well, I don't know how big of a stickler this witch is for uh, trespassing if they have time to set up things for rituals and sacrifices. She might be into that sort of thing. Um, but uh, the, other, the other take I've gotten on this story, uh, a reclusive woman used to live there teenagers began to gather near her house because it was kind of secluded and teenagers do what they do and they uh, have parties and they have sex free of parental supervision the woman who owned the house see that's the thing it like they're doing this uh allegedly i mean as the story goes in a place where the woman is living and you know she looks out her yard sees teenagers rolling around the grass I'd be a little pissed too. So what she did was start. She started spreading rumors that she was a witch, in hopes of scaring off the troublesome teens. But it backfired because a resident burned down her house, uh, thinking that she was a witch, killing her. No one was ever caught and charged with the crime. 
but she apparently still haunts the grounds. But like I said, yeah, that would be a great setup for a horror film. Oh, Devil's Hollow. Yeah, let's get out there and smoke reefer and uh, have sex and listen to Iron Maiden. And, uh, you know, you have like uh, three couples do this. And one by one by one, all of them die except the, the blonde girl with uh, the big eyes. Yeah, it, it writes itself. It really does. All right, so uh, that's about it. And uh, until next time, stay focused. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.